it's it's hard to take it in but these these are cliches for a reason they're cliches for a reason it's because that that is ultimately the truth of getting what you want as an artist it takes intention it takes focus it takes written goal setting and a timeline with sub goals on it it takes accountability it takes diligence and you know you just you just got to keep showing up it's easy to get lost in today's music industry with constantly changing technology and where anyone with a computer can release their own music. But I'm gonna share with you why this is the best time to be an independent musician and it's only getting better. If you have high quality music, but you just don't know the best way to promote yourself so that you can reach the right people and generate a sustainable income with your music, we're gonna show you the best strategies that we're using right now to reach millions of new listeners every month without spending 10 hours a day on social media. We're creating a revolution in today's music industry, and this is your invitation to join me. I'm your host, Michael Walker. All right, so I'm excited to be here today with Dylan, aka Ill Gates. So Dylan is the CEO and founder of Producer Dojo, and I pulled this from your website, and this is probably one of the most impressive intros or descriptions that I've ever seen. Ill Gates is a, a bass-dropping, educating, oscillator modulating space genius from the future. That's pretty spectacular. I, I love that that uh, description. He's a world touring producer and DJ. He's collaborated with Closey, Excision, Beats Antique, and Star Wars. You know, Star Wars. Have you, have you heard of it? So he's also the founder of Producer Dojo, which is a training camp that set up in a really cool way. Like I, I checked out your website and the way that you just have the progression system, it's basically like all these different belts and it's really a place to help producers to collaborate with each other to learn how to tour and getting started with to really build a successful music career and have the mentorship that they need in order to improve and so uh, i'm really excited to talk with them today and just kind of explore uh, some of the new opportunities that are available as a musician today <laughs> with the ability to be able to create things in a home studio especially if <clears throat> you know you're in the middle of like a pandemic or something and you can't go on tour and you have to stay home for a year or two it's pretty pretty incredible some of the things that that you've created so thanks so much for taking the time to be here today hey it's a pleasure thank you so much for having me i'll try to live up to the hype that was quite the intro <laughs> well you know what as soon as we hopped on this call today i came in here and he was just he was thumping his new group he's got a new song coming out when's the release date uh, yeah i actually those were for other releases the ones that you heard me mastering that was some work for the label but i myself have two full lengths and then about 10 singles that are not on the albums coming out i've got the second single from my new album the arrival uh which comes out the day after we record this so i don't know when you're watching this but the day that single drops it's called the future featuring jordana and mimi page and uh, that drops on august 20th 2021 and there's a video from adam hatch who is an animator from adult swim where we are all comic book superheroes uh battling ais in a virtual world well so it's basically a glimpse into the future <laughs> yeah. when we all become comics and battle AI. Totally. Totally. Yeah, it's a, it's a good time. It's a good time. I'm really excited for that video. I've been doing music videos for a lot of the songs because when I perform, I do audio video sets using a combination of Serato and a software called Mix Emergency, which is made by Inklen. It's a kind of little indie company with, with where one guy in New Zealand makes a software and it is fantastic. It allows you to sync your visuals with like lip sync accuracy. And if you scratch a record, you can can watch the word come in and out of your vocalist's mouth on the screen. It's fantastic. So it allows me to either 
hire out people to produce music videos or chop together my own music videos and then everything is perfectly synced and there's lyrics and you know vocalists on the screen and stuff and I actually I make these performance videos where I do finger drumming routines on like the MPC or the MIDI fighter or whatever and this software also allows me to cut back and forth between like a web camera set up at the gig where so you can see my hands making music live but actually over the pandemic I was DJing my performance videos from YouTube and it was uh it was pretty funny to be DJing videos of yourself performing but whatever I'll go for it you know it'll be fun and uh, yeah it was a, a very very meta moment so I don't know I don't know if I'll do that live but it's uh, it was certainly good for a chuckle during the uh, pandemic lockdown sets for sure man that sounds incredible you know and that brings up one thing that I think is is really incredible about what you're doing is that you, know, you really have both sides of the coin in terms of, I mean, right now you've got new music coming out and you're about to head out on this, you know, what, three, four month long tour around yeah. the country and the world, which is awesome. But also, you know, you're taking everything that you're learning and you've built this community and this place that you're able to share and to really educate and to help other producers and musicians as well to be able to thrive. One kind of intro question that, that I'd love to start with is, you know, at this point, you know, having both been through, I'm sure, a lot of ups and downs yourself that come with, you know, being an artist and starting out in obscurity and not building up a very successful, successful music career, but also working with other people and seeing a lot of the same challenges, the same patterns, mistakes, things coming up. Uh, I'm wondering, you know, what are some of the biggest uh, mistakes or challenges that you see musicians struggling with right now when they're just getting started with their music careers? Well, there, there's a, a great variety of, of challenges, but I think that Really, the main one is recognizing what is the engine of your progress and what is, you know, what, what you should prioritize, right? Because there exists an infinite amount of, you know, potential creative strategies you can employ. There's a, a you, know, you know, functionally infinite amount of music technology you can employ. And it's so easy to get caught up in these different techniques and these different tools. But learning all of the techniques and accessing all of the tools is not actually the problem. The problem is a psychological problem and a self-cultivation problem. And when you can recognize that you're the only one stopping you from making a hit record today and that it's really about getting into the mind state where you can just let it flow through you rather than trying to make it happen and really develop your ability to, to flow, to stop thinking, to stop worrying about how other people are going to perceive your art and to just put one foot in front of the other and allow the momentum to carry the process to completion. That's the, getting out of the way of that happening is far more important than learning every aspect of every tool. And, you know, when you focus on leveraging your strengths and channeling the music from another place rather than on 
focusing on your weaknesses and on trying to strategize the, the, the theoretical music that you're going to make, it becomes much more natural and much more effortless. So I've developed some different techniques for teaching people this ability. And I've also adapted some learning that I've encountered from other artists and other creativity educators to really help people to realize that the priority should be getting out of their own way and should be you know, focusing on their resolve, cultivating grit, and really developing the kind of vision that's gonna get you in the studio for 10 hours a day when you're trying to finish an album rather than you know, procrastinating on YouTube or endlessly organizing subfolders of samples or obsessively collecting VST plugins and stuff. And, you know, I think so much of it comes down to being really intentional with your focus. And that's something that is so compromised in our social media age. You know, these do you have these devices and feeds that are engineered by teams of psychologists to captivate your attention and give you everything that you're even a little bit interested in. And, you know, it, it, it takes more than just curating your feed to be tailored to just your exact interests to get what you want. You know, it's not going to come to you. You know, the, the thing that you need is not next if you scroll down. The thing that you need, it has to come from putting your phone down and really, you know, focusing, getting out a pen and a paper, writing your goals down, putting them onto a timeline, creating some accountability with a third party, ideally, and putting yourself in a position where you've made a commitment to your art. Because really, in my opinion, the only reason to make art or music or whatever is because you have to. You know, if you're strategizing and you look at the statistics, yeah, the odds are not in your favor. Most people fail, but you're not most people, you know? And if you really sit down and recognize that it takes a, a continual maintenance effort to overcome the inertia and gravity of, you know, just being human, you know? And, and people think that those who are successful they just sort of like wake up and just magically perfect art comes out of them. But it's not like that. It takes intention and it takes it takes work every day on yourself. It takes work on your ability to focus, on your ability to to to, to power through and to to sustain discomfort, you know. And it's it might look effortless when you look at the successes of those that you would emulate. But I can tell you from experience of, you know, generally the more successful someone is, the more privately tortured they are. And, you know, when you sit down and you really take inventory of yourself and ask yourself, like, how badly do I want this? You know, do I need this? And once you have made your peace with your drives and your ambitions and you've found what really matters to you overall, it's much easier to, to, to go for what you really want and to avoid what you want right now because those two are often at odds. And that's really far more important than plugins or scales or anything else is really making that commitment to yourself 
sticking to your guns and getting it done, you know? And it's, we've all heard this a million times, but because we're not, we're not really listening, it's, it's hard to take it in. But these, these are cliches for a reason. They're cliches for a reason. It's because that, that is ultimately the truth of getting what you want as an artist. It takes intention. It takes focus. It takes written goal setting and a timeline with sub goals on it. It takes accountability. It takes diligence. And, you know, you just, you just got to keep showing up. And uh, community is one thing that really helps that because the struggle doesn't weigh half as much when it's shared. So that kind of, you know, that, that, that dojo kind of made itself out of that, that, re that truth, you know, that shared truth. And, uh, you know, it originally just started with me teaching on Patreon, but the community that formed around that we're like, hey, you know, we really, we really believe in this. Like, we want to make a website, and like, it's unwieldy getting all of your content off of Patreon because, I mean, like, I have a music class that I do every week, and in five weeks, it's number two hundred and fifty. With like, and that's just one of my classes. There's like workshops. There's going back ten years. There's templates. There's you know all kinds of stuff. So uh, it's really, it's just too much for for a system like Patreon. So you know, the community asked. They were like, hey, we'll build the website website on spec you can pay us back you know and and that, that's what happened and really it's just like the people in the community love it so much that they keep bringing in the right people and it just it just keeps growing and growing and growing but as much as i would love to take credit for everything you know i couldn't do it without all of the members and without my partner dave and you know without that just shared vision you know, it really, it really helps. But, but yeah, it's been, it's been amazing, you know, working with all these incredibly talented people and watching them grow, watching their careers blow up. And, you know, it's got to the point where there's too much amazing music to put out on my record label. Like we're going to have to start some sub labels or something, but it's, it's a good problem to have. <laughs> For sure. That is definitely what I would call a high quality problem. Cool, man. Holy cow. There's so much, there's so much goodness and wisdom in what you just shared. It sounds like what, what you're saying is that one of the biggest mistakes or issues is really just focusing on the wrong, the wrong things and kind of going for the shiny object or going for the, the quick, the quick fix fix when really it's, it's not those things that are the most important. It's really about going deep and getting clear on your own vision and your intentions, and your goals. It means putting down your phone, putting down your newsfeed and really getting clear, looking inside and figuring out like, what, what is it? So I guess one, one follow-up question that, that came out because I, I resonate so much with what you're saying about getting out of your own way and like allowing it to like come through you, allowing you to like kind of channel, channel this thing. It's like, you know, who even knows like what, like where that comes from. And I think a lot of the greatest musicians of all time, they speak to the same thing. It's like, it's like the music comes through them. It's like, it's, it's almost like they don't even take credit for it. It's like a higher, a higher power that comes through them. And then on the flip side, you know, there's also that feeling of stretch and growth and like hard work and perseverance through the challenges, through the struggles and kind of this like fighting uphill battle that also is required to be successful. So I'm wondering, how do you know the difference between the resistance that comes up that's really just sort of fear and versus knowing like okay i'm in the flow right now and i'm actually like aligned and i'm channeling it through me yeah i tend to compartmentalize my time where i i started out just calling them daytime and nighttime sessions because that's what they fit into my schedule but 
you know, some people call it woodshedding or working on your chops or just good old fashioned practice, but making electronic music is, you know, I mean, it takes practice and stuff, but it's much more about like preparation and study and organization really than, than practice. But when you're writing uh, or composing a piece of music, I like to try not to do anything that is going to derail me from my objective of getting a track done that day. Because, like, you know, let's say, you know, your dog just died and you want to make an art therapy song to say goodbye. If you start that song the day it happens and then you don't finish it, and then two months later you come back to finish it, are you going to be in the same mental state to really finish that thing properly? No, you know, you want to basically get the emotions out in one piece because really, you know, at its core, music is emotional communication through sound, you know? It's, it's, it's creating an emotional space, right? And for you to be able to execute that communication cleanly, it's a good idea to to get it out while you're in that particular emotional state. So I found over time that if I focused in the smaller pockets of time, these nighttime sessions, they wouldn't necessarily occur at night, but they'd be like kind of prep sessions where I'd be, you know, practicing my finger drumming or sound designing a bunch of drums for later use or watching YouTube videos about a new plugin I was interested in or, you know, creating and saving a bunch of synthesizer noises or just sitting down on the piano and coming up with a bunch of chord progressions or what have you, anything that's not you know, related to the achievement of an individual track's completion, I would compartmentalize that. And in those sessions, I would do the real hard work and grinding and make things difficult for myself and challenge myself and push, push, push. But when I'm writing, I try to just express myself in the most direct way possible and to avoid the temptation to pretentiously get caught up in details because just because you've got your favorite tool in your hand and you're using it correctly doesn't mean you're making progress right and it's very it's very important to kind of be direct and be clean and be simple and elegant in the way you achieve your objective of expressing whatever emotion is going into a piece of music and then later you can always make it more complicated and later you can do the finishing because it takes about 20 percent of the effort to get a track 80 percent of the way and then it takes 80 percent of the effort to get it that last 20 percent of the way and the meticulous mixing and testing it on different sound systems and you know perhaps you'll rearrange it perhaps you'll replace some of the sounds that you made in a hurry using the stock plugins of your DAW and then later you're like yeah but if I used my hardware synth maybe I could make that same bass riff better and run it through you know a real compressor and blah 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 so you know I generally try to do things in the simplest, easiest, most direct way while I'm writing and focus on the, the larger picture and focus on the emotional communication. And that's really where that sort of like effortless mastery is important is, is in those sessions where you're just channeling, you're not overthinking everything, you're not trying to flex 
you know? And then in those nighttime sessions and in your mix downs and in your sound design sessions, that's the time to really push yourself and to really, you know, really try and push your sounds and, and try and get things as good as they can get. But, you know, usually when I'm writing, like I'll, I'll write sometimes like in a hotel room or I mean some of my best songs I wrote on like a, a hotel TV set just plugging the RCAs for my sound card into like a hotel TV and just uh, you know I didn't do the mix on a hotel TV but sometimes it's a vibe you know you're jet lagged you get home from a gig on the east coast and everybody else is asleep and it's just like all right let's go you know and sometimes those are the best sessions you know but when you look at the history of music it's replete with examples of people making incredible records that are a hit using the most modest technology and the most minimal ingredients. Some of my favorite songs are basically just a drum machine and swearing, but doesn't mean they're not great, you know? I, like, I like listening to really, really complicated, elaborate music too. I like listening to classical music and stuff, but sometimes you just need some bad words and a banging 808 you know so it really it depends but there is always that potential for you to have that amazing simple idea that just comes together on its own and you write i mean i've written tracks that were huge hits with my fans in an hour I wrote one that I released in half an hour as I was doing timer, time, what I call timer beats. It's like a way of drilling and practicing where I have like a workflow. I use this app for training that they use for training athletes. It's called Seconds Pro where you can put in a high intensity interval training exercise and I'll, you know, go sit down and run this again and again. Chop sample onto pads for five minutes. Make several sequences for five minutes. Add beats plus buildups for five minutes. Make a drop for five minutes. Fill out the groove for five minutes. Arrange and automate for five minutes. And I'll just do that over and over again. If, if you have half an hour, you can, you can make a beat. You know, I mean, it takes a lot of time to prepare uh, what I call the palette, which is like, uh, you know, a, a set of sounds that are, you know, roughly mixed and perhaps, you know, there's a knob to change the kick or change the snare or whatever so that you can adjust it. And then, you know, each sound, each song has, or each timer beat has its own specific identity that is not reused, where there'll be some sound categories I call the spark. The spark is like the inspiring start to the process. I keep a, a folder of sounds that when I hear them, I'm like, oh my God, I have so many ideas. You know, so if you start from one of those all the time, you don't have to wait to be inspired. You just have a big folder of inspiration on tap. And then there's the face, which is the main, you know, in, in a pop song, this would be like the bumper sticker chorus hook that that you repeat that people that people know that, hey, have you heard that song? Yeah, it's, it sounds like this, you know, the lyric that says that, you know, that that kind of easily describable thing that's like the main face. But usually there's a spark to get the process going and then you want to arrange the whole song around the, the face. But if you literally just have a sound that's a spark, have a sound that's a face, take a, a template or I call it a palette because template implies that you use the same one every time and that it's the default when you load your DAW, which I don't recommend. I'll, you know, I'll just say, okay, here's my spark, here's my face, here's my palette, half an hour, go. And I've put, I've put out tracks like that that were... You know, there wasn't much, I mastered it later, but that's about it, you know? And I've had tracks like that be hits with my fans. And then I've had other tracks that I spent a year or two years on, hundreds of hours, 
that my, a lot of my fans are like, yeah, I could take it or leave it, you know? And it really, you know, you got to recognize that that's like hard work does not necessarily equal value. And we have this, this idea that like, you know, when you're working this resistance to taking the easy way, to taking the direct way where you're like, oh yeah, I mean, I could do it that way, but that's the easy way. And I am a fancy producer and I do not do such things. I'm going to take the fancy way so that people can look upon my work and remark at how fancy I am. And we resist that. We all do it. We all do it. It's, uh, you know, it's just one of the many ways that we get in our way. But I mean, I, even just last month, I was releasing a couple different singles. And I released this one on Obscure Records. I curated a compilation. I had a single on that. It was a pretty awesome single, I thought. I had vocals from the Raga Twins. And it was a collab with one of my dojo members, Galactic Groove, who came over. And we, we made it. And I play it at parties. People would love it. Right? And then I had another one, which is a remix I did for Billboard Top 100 rapper 42 Doug, who did a track with Ionize, who's another um, fantastic dojo member. He's a uh, mysterious masked trap and rap producer. And last time I worked with him, we did a, a music video with, with for my Gucci Mane remix with him, and it got past 3 million plays on YouTube. So I took that one real, real seriously. And then after I had released these two, like the week after, I noticed that I had achieved six million total plays on SoundCloud. And I was like, well, that's a milestone. And it made me think, I was like, I should make a beat to separate, celebrate. And it made me think of that, that line from How High with Red Man and Method Man, where they're like, six million ways to die, choose one. So I was like, hey, I wonder if I could find a P syllable somewhere else in that vocal and chop the P syllable onto the beginning of ways and make it say six million plays instead. And I did that and made a drum and bass track. And I was like, I'm going to make this the loudest, most obnoxious song in the world. And it's going to have this six million plays sample. And it's going to be just obnoxiously loud and, and really like a jump up drum and bass track. And it's going to be totally cheeky and silly. And in about, you know, I started the track and less than 12 hours later, it was out graphic design and everything. I spent maybe two hours on it. And that track just blew up on my SoundCloud in comparison to the other tracks. I mean, I admittedly did not release it on Spotify, which is where most of the plays for the other tracks were uh, because of the clearly illegal sample from How High by Method Man and Red Man. I'm not trying to not trying to infringe upon their copyright or anything. Uh, but that track that I made in like two hours was a bigger hit than the other ones on SoundCloud, despite all my best efforts. Oh, what's up, guys? So quick intermission from the podcast so I can tell you about an awesome free gift that I have for you. I wanted to share something that's not normally available to the public. They normally reserve for our $5,000 clients that we work with personally. This is a presentation called Six Steps to Explode Your Fan Base and Make a Profit with Your Music Online. And specifically, we're going to walk through how to build a paid traffic and automated funnel that's going to allow you to grow your fan base online and the system's designed to get you to your first $5,000 a month with your music. We've invested over $130,000 in the past year to test out different traffic sources and different offers and really see what's working best right now for musicians. And so I think it's gonna be hugely valuable for you. And so if that's something you're interested in, in the description, there should be a little link that you can click on to go get that. 
And uh, the other thing I want to mention is, you know, if you want to do us a, a huge favor, one thing that really makes a big difference early on when you're creating a new podcast is if people click subscribe, then it basically lets the algorithm know that this is something that's new and noteworthy and that uh, people actually want to hear. And so that'll help us reach a lot more people. So if you're getting value from this and you get value from the free trainings, then if you want to do us a favor, I'd really appreciate you clicking the subscribe button. All right, let's get back to the podcast. That's incredible, man. I mean, there's just a bunch of nuggets that you just dropped that you share. I love the the way of describing like the concepts around the songs, like the face and like starting with the spark and having the palette, having like the, the tool set that's available there so you can just be creative. So, I mean, there's two big things that I would love to dive in um, with you specifically. One is... I just want to get a little more clarity for, for myself and for everyone listening, like exactly producer dojo is and the templates and the tools and, and how to plug in there. And then secondly, diving into taking all these creations, the musical creation and actually building a community, building a tribe and growing a fan base around it that su sustains you is obviously a big, a big stumbling block for a lot of people as well. It's not just like, okay, the music, but like, how do I actually build a community around it? So let's, let's start with, could you just share like a quick, in a nutshell, like what is producer dojo and what, like, what, what are the resources that are available to anyone here? Who's like a music creator? Okay, cool. So Producer Dojo is a record label and coaching community where that has grown around the materials that I've presented over the years. I, my mom is a teacher and my dad is a pro guitarist. So I kind of, you know, was steeped in both worlds. And I also am from Canada. So when like way back when I was first getting my toes wet with touring, I had the option of either spend all of my money that I made from my gigs flying home for three days and then fly back out, or I could find something to do with those three days in the middle of the week. So I decided, you know, why don't I teach some workshops? And I started teaching workshops and very quickly learned that that was something that I was abnormally good at. So people really liked them, promoters really liked them, and it gave me a great way to connect with other producers and to you know figure out what to do while I was on tour for those middle of the weekdays. So over time, that grew to the point where the there was a lot of demand for these workshops and I decided to film my workshops and put them online. And once I did that, an online community started to form around it and you know that, that really blew up. And then all the while I'd been making templates, sound packs, etc., as well as being an avid poster on all kinds of different message boards, uh, ghost produced for a bunch of different people, including that Star Wars gig was like, you know, it doesn't say Ill Gates on any of that. But yeah, so you know, I'd done all you know, I'd had my hand in all these different aspects of the business and because I've just really into helping people and sharing my knowledge and stuff and it's really it's just come back so much like helping people and being cool to other people in the music industry is definitely the winning strategy guys that's definitely the winning strategy okay but by you know i just love sharing my knowledge and stuff with people and people just hook me up with great things all the time because i'm always hooking everybody else up with great things so it just it comes back big time if you want to talk about because it's a two-part question that how do you build your business how do you, you you build your community and business by helping people and, and, and making their life better through your art and anything else you can share with them to make their lives better. That's how you make people want to help you and want to want to help your career. 
But yeah, so that kind of grew until I, you know, until like this community had formed. And then the music coming out of this group of producers was so awesome that I was just like, wow, we need to start a record label. So I had started a record label initially just for the the people I was teaching because I was really proud of them. And I was like, yo, I, music school should have record labels so you can see how good the music education is you know like what what bigger flex is an educator than to have awesome music on a record label made by the people you taught right so i was like yeah it should start like that but then i was like yo this record label is getting pretty dope i gotta start putting my music on this record label too so you know now with the singles leading up to this album and this album this is like that's why partially why it's called the arrival is like i'm on this record label now too like it would started as kind of like a cool like hey let's put out some student music because they're good and I, I I'm proud of them and now it's like now I have other outside artists on there we've got a release coming with a herbalistic from Tokyo they're like this really insane like sound design freeform bass music act that just makes you like what is everybody else doing you know like it's what it's they're, they're one of those artists so I'm pretty excited to be working with them and then we did you know we did the Gucci Mane thing and uh, the 42 Doug thing and we've got got a whole bunch of really exciting music going from there and then we're we're, we're working into like a scoring work where we're kind of tackling projects as a team and like producing albums with vocalists as a team and really you know we're taking the music a lot more seriously so the label started as kind of like hey it would be cool to put out some student music but now it's like I'm all in on this shit now like it's like where all my music is and you know I've been really hands-on about it so it's primarily a record label but it grew out of this coaching community and the coaching community I have like a bunch of people I call senseis that have all been trained by me personally and are intimately familiar with all of the the work that's in the dojo there's there's, there's crazy there's so many workshops and the weekly download we're coming up on weekly download number 250 in in five weeks which is crazy because each one of them is at least like an hour to two hours long and there's like sounds and like you know all kinds of stuff that I made for my hardware that's like in Ableton format now and you know just templates like anything you could ever want like if you want to learn about vocals there's like a six part series on vocals if you want to learn about DJing there's like a eight part series on every aspect of DJing so it's kind of like Netflix for producers so that and that's separate from the dojo that's that's the weekly download like dojo members have access to the weekly download but the weekly download is just like this huge archive so the dojo is the community that grew up around that material and the record label, but all, a lot of my teaching materials are available as teaching materials through my producerdj.com marketplace. And if you go to illgates.producerdj.com, you can get a lot of the stuff just as a la carte products. So yeah, so it's a lot to unpack, but the dojo is basically, it's a results oriented community you know i think there's not much point in getting a diploma from a music education facility if you're not like what are you going to show your fans show to your fans like if you just want to make music and get fans and make a living as an independent musician what, what good is a diploma you know like uh, if, i mean if the stuff you've learned helps you actually finish music then yeah it's good but the, the, the accreditation doesn't matter. The only thing that matters is how good is the music you're making, right? So to advance through the belts in, do, in the dojo, they're all personal achievement benchmarks where like you've, you've written tracks uh, that are increasingly challenging and that are 
uh, increasingly consumable by the public, you know, and then when you start getting your first gig and your first releases on the label, we all celebrate and we have like prizes every month and stuff that we do. We have the, the Remix Your Life Challenge, which is an ongoing habit tracking challenge where we've we've gamified personal discipline and you get one point for each daily goal, five points for a weekly goal, etc. And we bring in sponsors to give away fabulous prizes. For example, uh, a couple months ago, we gave away a Native Instrument machine plus to one of our members who was making great improvements in their life and in their music and we have a party every month and we we celebrate and we give give people awesome tools and you know anyone any, even if you don't win like you're totally winning because it's it's you know like oh i became disciplined and made lots of progress on my goals for nothing you know it's like of course, everybody wins, right? So, so yeah, it's really fun. It really gets results. There's lots of very, very talented artists that have that have taken my courses. You know, people like like Beats Antique and Elenium, G Jones, Minnesota, Mimosa. I mean, all, all kinds of all kinds of artists have have studied my material. Seal, Seal uses a bunch of my stuff. But uh, but yeah, it's it's a great community, and uh, there's a lot of materials of all kinds, like templates, sound pads, etc. So if you just want to check it out, the weeklydownload.com is the most affordable and easy way. And that gets you access to the, probably by the time this comes out, 250 different episodes, sound packs, etc. With like, we have all kinds of different guests on who share amazing things. And yeah, so that the weekly download is the place to start. That's five bucks a week. And uh, actually I was getting pirated and one of my friends was like oh your weekly download archives getting pirated dude you should go check it out and i went to the site and the first comment was like hey this was like 53 gigs and most of it's broken and there's some weird torrent for a tv show nobody asked for and i was like okay sweet and i scrolled out and the second comment is you guys should just buy this it's only five bucks a week you can go to the lab live classes and get all of them and everything works it's the best training deal on the internet and that's what they said on the pirate website when they could get my shit for free. <laughs> so I was like, okay, that's pretty sick. So yeah, that's the weekly download.com. That's, that's, that's the most bang for your buck, like 250 sound packs and lessons and everything for five bucks a week. It's pretty, pretty gangbusters and it just gets better and better. But yeah, and then the dojo is kind of like, you know, it's, it's pretty much application only at this point because there's too many people and it gets to be a lot to manage. And that's kind of more growing into like basically my studio of producers who work under me on various projects. So it's kind of um, morphing to that. Like, cause once you get to be a black belt or whatever, you can still access the work opportunities. And I'm basically like working with different film scoring houses and record labels and stuff where we post these gig opportunities and then, you know, all the members in the dojo will take a crack at it and you know the best ones get accepted for these gigs and it's really it's kind of hard to compete with like if you're if you're going to someone who's scoring films and they have like three dudes with the amount of ideas and the diversity of three dudes and then you post the same gig to the dojo and you can have like 150 talented people of all different kinds who make all different genres of music all take a crack at it it's kind of 
it's tough to compete with that, right? So that that has been really kind of opening up, you know. And I, and I think about like how did like, you know, Michelangelo and like Leonardo da Vinci and like you know Andy Warhol and all those people how they did it. Then it's like they had a team of people. That's how they did all that amazing stuff. You know, as they had a team of people with a shared vision and everything. So the dojo has been morphing from like, you know, it's been kind of morphing more into like a record label and production house. But the coaching is the, like the materials are still there and uh, I still do the classes every week. And there are lots of senseis that, that can train people, but I'm not really, I don't really try to make money off of the other senseis training and stuff. And like when people, cause it's just like the margins aren't that great. And it's just like, it just doesn't make sense. Like if you want to really make money from educational material, you just sell digital courses or sound packs or whatever, where you don't have to have all this human time and management to pay for. So, you know, so that's like the, the weekly download makes, makes more money than the coaching community by a lot because there's way less moving parts and it's just output only. So that, that rocks. And especially now that we're up to like 250, it's like, it's a real no-brainer in terms of it being a good deal. So it's it's because it's becoming easier and easier for the momentum of that to kind of carry carry things along. But the coaching community is still there, and uh, a lot of the art and music that's been coming out of it has been great. And uh, yeah, it's it's a whole lot of fun, and uh, a lot of the members are setting up their own careers and starting to sell their own sample packs and stuff at the producerdj.com marketplace where people can get their artist name .producerdj.com and they can sell anything like teaching time, merch, show tickets, sound packs, stems, music, etc. And all the accounting is done by the website. And so like, let's say you and I do a collab and we have a single and, you know, I want to give 10% to our mixing engineer and, you know, I'm going to give 45% to you and 45% to me. You can put all those splits into the site and then it splits the money at the point of sale. So you don't have to like chase anyone around for money or whatever. And then the site only takes 10%, you know? So it's like, as you know, it's as cost effective as Bandcamp, but with like way more features because we built it without investors so we don't have to answer to some dude from wherever who lent us millions of dollars it's all built by musicians for musicians no investors no middlemen and it really you know it's not open to the public yet but it's it's popping off people are using it people are making money and i can't wait to i can't wait to launch it properly we just got to do a couple last legal things to make sure that like you know, somebody starts selling Britney Spears remixes, the RIAA is not going to burn my house down, you know, stuff like that. Um, so, yeah, so we're just doing a couple, like, legal things and trademark things. So we finally got the Producer Dojo trademark that we've been waiting on for so long because there was a Dojo Productions that used to be a rap label, and then I guess the guy's girlfriend owned the trademark for it, and she hated him, and they broke up, and she was trying to, like, get everything she could out of this trademark and wouldn't give him his trademark. So I talked to the guy, and he's like, I can't do anything, man. She's my ex. She hates me. I can't. I can't. I don't know what to do. But his music was pretty dope, too. I was like, oh, man, I don't want to be... I don't want to be at odds with you. He's like, I know, I just, my, my ex-girlfriend is mean. But yeah, so so we finally got the trademark office to be like, yeah, Dojo Productions and Producer Dojo are separate things. That's cool. So they 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 don't see it as a conflict anymore. But it took so much lawyer time. Oh my God, it was so boring. But it's done. So yeah, we're going to have a Producer Dojo podcast soon, which is going to be exciting. Wow, man. <clears throat> Holy cow. <laughs> You're like, yeah, sorry uh, for the long answers, dude. <laughs> it's not, it's it's not a lot uh, of short answers with me. 
no it's fantastic yeah i feel i feel like you're the the energizer bunny who can just like keep going and it's all it's all great stuff i mean keep it keep it coming yeah that's that's super impressive i mean and what's so cool is i i love the movement that you've created really you've created this community and it, and it feels like it's a bit, like you said it's it's by musicians for musicians and there's really a lot of authenticity i think that comes from that approach so it's really really cool and I think it's great that it really so like so organically built up around you know this these workshops that you started doing yourself on your off days. So let's let's move on to the second part of the question, which I, I know is you know a common question that a lot of people are asking because you know there's so much revolution, there's so much change just because of like the internet and the different things that are available nowadays. But but also there's a lot of challenges in terms of like, how do we actually stand out in the sea of information and the sea of music that is the the internet today? So for anyone who's you know, listening, who maybe they're at this point where they have art, they've invested a lot of time and energy into honing their craft and they have you know, maybe an EP of songs that they feel really proud of that they've recorded and they're ready to start you know growing an audience and start to turn it into a career what would your recommendations be for them when they're just getting started out okay so I think one of the, well you should definitely read the book how to make it in the new music industry by Ari Hurstead that book has some of the best and most current advice for musicians of all genres about how to deal with just you know I mean deal with a lot of the misconceptions based on kind of how things used to work and then also really understand like what it what it takes to to kind of find your own lane in all this but you know, I was having a conversation with a friend of mine the other day, and he was like, yeah, you know, it looks like AI is just, you know, replacing all of these tasks in, in music, you know, like, how, how worried are you about this, you know, and we were talking about it. And I think, you know, there's, I don't think you should fear AIs with music, because, you know, as much as people do connect with the music, they connect far more with the individual than they do with the music. And there are lots of people who do not have a presence as an individual or as a brand and have incredible music that will just stop you in your tracks, but they can't get anybody to listen to it. And then there are other people who make hot garbage who are what really vibrant individuals that people connect with on social media and they have tons of fans. So, you know, I hate to be the bearer of what you don't want to hear, but as much as it is all about the music, it's not really all about the music. It's all about you and how you can make people feel, right? Because people... They're not listening to you for you. They're not listening to your music for, for its merits. They're listening to your music for how it makes them feel. And they're connecting with you for how you make them feel. Right? And if you want people to care, you've got to make them feel good. And this is true when you're trying to open up job opportunities in the music field, whether you're trying to get a book or you're trying to get in with a management company or an agency or a promoter or whatever. It's true when you're trying to get fans. It's true throughout your life. You've got to learn how to make people like you. And one of the best ways that you can do that is by making yourself useful and by being a thoughtful and cool person. You know, and that's, you know, I get so many people who are like, okay, I've got this demo 
how do I get all the email addresses of every blogger in the world? And I mean, yeah, you can take, you can do a reverse Google image search, which is a very good technique where you take an album cover for our relevant artist and you can put it into the Google, you drag the actual JPEG into the search engine of Google images and it'll show you where that JPEG appears on the internet and you can learn which bloggers are in management companies and blah, blah, blah are involved in an artist you like. But even if you have all those email addresses, and you come up to those people with palms out and you're just like, hey, here, check out my mixtape. What, what can you do for me? What can you do for me? What can you do for me? That shit is annoying. Nobody wants to help you when you're just walking around with palms out trying to get things out of everybody. It's whack. It's transactional. It's lame. It feels gross and shitty. People close their ears. They close their inboxes. They're done. They're done with that. I get so many promos that I have no interest in listening to and I'll never listen to them because it's clear that that person only cares about what they can get out of me and when you get anywhere in the music business you're going to encounter lots of that too and that's just how it is I don't think it'll ever go away but the people who I end up hooking up I end up listening to their demos etc are people who come up and they're like hey I like what you do I'm picking up what you're putting down and how can I help? And sometimes we'll figure out like, oh, well, hey, you know, I need to get like such and such a video edited or like, you know, maybe I, I need someone to help me promote a show when I'm coming to a certain town. Or maybe, you know, we just need some, some help at the dojo of doing any number of tasks, graphic design or, you know, putting together spreadsheets, doing research. You know, there's a million and one things that everyone in the music industry could totally use your help with, you know, and this is true even of fairly established record labels, managers, etc. They're all taking on interns all the time. And you see a lot of people that are like acting like, you know, unpaid intern is just like the most criminal thing and it's so exploitative and blah, 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 blah. And it's like, you know, there are times when it is, but if someone's running a really cool record label that's like a closed shop and I want to I want to get their attention, I'm not going to be like, hey, when are you going to put me on my record? When are you going to put me on your record label? I got a demo. I have a master. It's really nice. Look at, look at the cover. Art. There's a picture of me. I got sunglasses on. When are, we, when are you going to put me on your record label? I'll be like, hey, you know, you guys are really dope. I've been listening to your music all the time. I love, you know, the way you did this, that, and this. So you show them that you actually give a shit and that you you know what's going on. And then you say, hey, you know, I want to help you in any way that I can. Is there anything that you could use my help with? And like, yeah, you know, that might end up meaning you have to do a bunch of work for free and whatever. But through doing that, you'll get to know if that person is worth investing any more of your time and energy or if they are just you know trying to exploit you and you know if, if especially if you're just interning to get a foot in the door you can just bail at any time you're not going to get marked on it it's not like for school you can just be like you know what that was rude i'm out of here you can do that at any time you know it's fine so it really you know when you when you help people to make connections, you make way better and way more meaningful connections and other people are going to want to help you. All right. So that, I mean, for me, that's really been the real ticket. And I have like really like just this giant archive of like, you know, like if someone's like, hey, do you have any racks I can use in my DJ set with Ableton? I'm like, sure, here you go. And they're like, oh, can you help me out with my template? Yep. 
you know, any advice for how to mix this turn down? Yeah, sure. You know, and I have been teaching and helping people for so long that, you know, I like or like other artists, even established artists. I'm like, hey, do you want all the contact instruments I made with my fetishistic collection of modular synths? Would you like to use those in your songs? Even pretty established artists are like, oh, fuck, yeah. Thanks, dude. And then next thing you know, they're playing my record and, uh, you know, hooking me up with with press or whatever. You know, you just got to you just got to help people. And organically, one thing will lead to another, you know, stop trying to get some kind of social media hacker shortcut because it's whack. You know, it's not about shortcuts. It is a marathon. The sooner you start thinking of it as a marathon and the sooner you start playing the long game, the further you'll go. But this whole instant gratification, like shortcut, blah, blah, blah. Yeah, it might sell shit that you see in Instagram ads, but it's not really how the music business works, you know? Like, and the people that you see where someone walks them in, they, they paid their dues, man. You know, people aren't just taking some kid off the street and walking them into some multi-million dollar music career. Hell no. You know, those people have paid those their dues. They've, they, they've, they've hustled. They've put in the time. Because you have to prove yourself that you're worth someone giving that opportunity to you. You know, they can't just be, there's no magic fairy in a suit going to be like, hey, kid, you got talent. With your talents and my business schmatz, well, crack this industry like an egg. So really, you know, just focus on how you make people feel. Make people feel good. Learn to make people like you. You know, stop trying to trick them. Stop trying to take shortcuts. Be be useful to people. Pay your dues. Help people out. Being a cool person and being helpful opens all the doors, you know? And there's definitely, like, you know, there's definitely promotional strategies and stuff. But, and like, you know, people will call anything hacking because it sounds sexy when you're talking about it. But, like, even your, like, tour hacking thing, it's like you're going out there. You're meeting people. You're making them like you. You're being nice to them. You're making them care about your band because you, and you're putting in the work, you know? Like it's like yeah, it, it's it's a it's a strategy and calling it hacking is successful is it like a successful way to communicate this, but you're not cheating. Everybody's trying to cheat. There's, you can't you can't cheat. It, it doesn't work. It doesn't work. And and then it, you you do get people like you know Takeshi Six Nine who, who just exploited every trick in the book to get to the top. And it's like, are, are people really like listening to his music all the time? Like I know people who are kind of like, they they're fascinated by the train wreck dumpster fire of his life, and just the the phenomenon of him. But like, are people really listening to Takeshi? Like cool people? Are they really listening to Takeshi Six Nine all day? I don't know. I don't know. <laughs> It's so good, man. Yeah, no, that's you're you're so on point that it, there's just a there's an energy shift that anyone can feel when someone is just thinking about me, 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 me. What can I get? What can I get? What can I get? And there's an instant ener- energy shift that happens when someone is is really focusing on how can I provide value? How can I how can I help? How can I you know be of service? And it's like the floodgates really open up when that's the approach that that comes out Uh, so i think that you are an excellent example of that principle in action so uh, i really appreciate 
you being here, sharing all of these lessons that you've learned. And for anyone who's listening or, or watching this right now, what would be the best place for them to go to connect more and, and to learn more if they want to, uh, to dive deeper into Producer Dojo? Okay, cool. So there's there's a few different uh, places, but if you want to know more about my music, my tour dates, you know, etc., you want to connect with me, Il Gates, the artist, illgates.com. If you want to learn more about Producer Dojo, go to producerdojo.com. And if you want to get access to the best collection of my training materials at the most affordable price, go to theweeklydownload.com. So those are the, those are the three. So there's my training materials, just just in and of themselves, which are at theweeklydownload.com. There's the record label and community, which is at producerdojo.com, and then there's me, the artist, which is at illgates.com. And then the marketplace site where the members of Producer Dojo vend their own products, and you can buy just like one-off products as opposed to getting access to subscription access to the full weekly download. That's producerdj.com. And the idea behind producerdj.com was like, you know, you could have one URL on your business card rather than like Facebook slash this, Instagram slash that, blah, 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 blah. Where, you know, and like, you know, you think about the old days, like if you're a blacksmith, your name would be John Smith. Or if you were like a, a carpenter, you know, you'd be like Jane Carpenter, right? So if you're a producer DJ, you get artist name producerdj.com that's the url that you get for your profile and then you can it's a place where you can get your fans everything that they need and then you can sell any product that you want and you can configure it in any way that you want that's the big project that i've been working on towards for a decade and uh, you know the community has been helping me to build so if you want to just check out that project my profile is illgates i-l-l-g-a-t-e-s dot producer dj.com but illgates.com is me producerdojo.com is the community and record label and the weekly download.com is um, my collection of educational materials awesome cool man so we'll we'll also throw all the links in the description of the show notes so that you guys have easy access to it and hey man thanks again this is i always appreciate when i can talk with someone like like you that kind of just cuts all the bs and just kind of says it like it is and speaks to really the you know the foundational truth of what where success comes from which isn't which is a lot of times it dig, you need to dig deep right and it's not easy it's not necessarily like the sexiest thing there's things that are like you said cliches for a reason so i appreciate you being a source of truth and really help helping to build this community to help artists because I think there is a big need for it and that's why why the movement's happening in the first place. Yeah, and thank you for for having me on. It's a it's an honor to be on the Modern Musician podcast and uh, you know I really I, I I see you out there, I see you, you know it's really cool. It's really cool what you're doing and you know it's clear that you're on the team of musicians everywhere. And I feel like, I feel like, you know, when musicians go out in the world, they know you're cheering them on. And that's, that's rad, man. It's good to have people like you in our corner. So, hey, on behalf of musicians everywhere, thank you for everything you do. <laughs> Thanks, man. That, that means a lot. I, I really appreciate that. Word up. All right. Lots of love. Thanks for listening, everybody. Have a nice day. Hey, it's Michael here. I hope that you got a ton of value out of this episode. Make sure to check out the show notes to learn more about our guest today. And if you want to support the podcast, then there's a few ways to help us grow. First, if you hit subscribe, then that'll make sure you don't miss a new episode. Secondly, if you share it with your friends or on your social media, tag us. That, that really helps us out. And third, uh, best of all, if you leave us an honest review, it's going to help us reach more musicians like you who want to take their music careers to the next level. 
The time to be a modern musician is now, and I look forward to seeing you on our next episode.